Have you ever wondered what goes on behind the scenes of your daily commute? Or how transportation impacts the community you call home? Maybe you want to explore outside your community and don't know where to start. Well, you're in luck because this is where you hop on. I'm Brittany Hoffman. And I'm Madeline Phipps. We work in communications for Valley Metro, and together we'll discover all the ways that public transit enhances lives across the cities we serve. And we might even make some new friends along the way. Welcome to Storylines. Okay, Brittany, does the number 14.4 billion mean anything to you? Yeah, it's all the transit-oriented development we've had along the light rail corridor and exciting news coming up for our extensions. Right. So that's a statistic that we point to a lot. And that's a huge number, which is wonderful. But also, it's really hard to envision how much that actually is. I mean, we already have 28 miles worth of light rail. We're adding on another six or seven miles of light rail extensions now, a three-mile streetcar extension. So just trying to picture where all of those developments and properties are, how they divide up along that line is kind of complicated. Definitely. We can toss out that number and it sounds amazing, but what does it actually mean at the root level? What does it mean to the communities that are around light rail? Well, that's the question we're trying to answer today. So we're interested in taking a more granular view of that huge number to see how development and how the light rail has impacted communities at the ground level. So today we're taking things up to the northwest part of our system to talk with Jamaris Kennedy, who's a chef who owns a restaurant and event space near the Northwest Extension Phase 2. If you're not familiar, it's about 1.6 miles long and it's connecting to the current end of the line, which is at 19th Avenue in Dunlap, heading north and then west across the I-17 freeway on a light rail only bridge. So that's kind of a cool thing. I'll be the first light rail only bridge across a freeway in our system. But I digress. So let's talk to Chef Kennedy and hear a little bit about what the experience of light rail construction is like for him and what he's looking forward to once his project finishes. My name is Jamaris Kennedy. I go by Chef Jam. I am a native of Chicago and I've been in Phoenix, Arizona for now seven years. The name of my business is Jamaris' Kitchen. The mission of, and the vision of my business is to bridge the gap between communities from the farm to the table. And what we do here, we provide food every day through our third-party uh, delivery service, DoorDash, Uber Eats, and Grubhub. And we also provide events for the community to come out and enjoy themselves. How long have you owned and operated Jamaris' Kitchen? Well, the business itself has been in operation since 2014, starting in Chicago as a private mobile catering company where I was a private chef for different events. Um, it wasn't until the brink of the pandemic, um, being laid off as a registered nurse, I went back to my first love. I did attend Le Cordon Bleu in Chicago and I took a few courses with the Scoffier here in Arizona. Um, so laid off May 3rd, I got in this building June 1st, 2020. So I moved very quickly, but I felt like the key to my success was to be a community activist by providing events for the community, getting to know the community. One thing that I did take from Mayo, no one person is successful 
by themselves. So I always took that with me, that you always need someone to help you do what you need to do to reach your goal. Well, I mean, they say necessity is the mother of invention. So <laughs> I guess you're certainly living proof of that. Yes. And now, you know, one year in, how do you say things are going? I'm quite surprised things are going well. Um, as far as the community having an opportunity to have affordable events to attend, like our comedy show. And last night we had our dinner and live music, which consists of a all-you-can-eat taco bar. And then you get a, a margarita, but you get to enjoy a live band, amazing band and live singers while you, you know, eat your food and congregate with each other. And I have everything set up as a community. So you come in, you may sit at a table where you don't know someone. And I did that purposely so that people can make connections and network when they come inside. So well, that's awesome. Yeah. Sounds so fun. Okay, so now I want to pivot a little bit. Obviously, we're in the middle of construction on the Northwest Extension Phase 2, which is happening very close to the front door of Jamaris' kitchen. What was your first reaction when you found out that this light rail extension was planned, that it was going to be built so close to where you own and operate it? I was excited. Being a native of Chicago, we have the subway, we have the, uh, the L train, which is elevated train, and... In Chicago, most people park and ride. So I would park and ride, but the train would take me downtown. It would take me to Navy Pier. It would take me to the west side of Chicago. It would take me to the lakefront. So I was excited. I'm like, well, I need to have more programs so that people can take the light rail to Jamaris's Kitchen and enjoy a comedy show, enjoy dinner and light music, or just to have something quick to eat and enjoy our community market that we have every Sunday. So I'm very excited about that because I grew up with a health system and a subway system, and I know what type of positive impact it has on communities and also allowing people to experience different parts of the state that they live in. So I thought it was great. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear that. Since construction's going on, we have a business assistance team. Obviously, there's Bree, your business assistance coordinator. And I know you've been able to take part in some of our programs. So will you talk a little bit about the programs you've taken part in and kind of what your involvement has been in that? The newsletter has been great. I've gotten screenshots from friends that have been excited, like posted on Facebook, like I'm a celebrity. Like, oh my God, my friend is in the Valley Metro newspaper. So I thought that was great. We took advantage of the uh, small business grant. We did receive $3,000 from the Valley Metro small business grant, which helped us. And some people may look at it like, oh, well, that's not much. Well, it is to us, you know, being a small business, every penny counts because it takes a lot to run and operate a small business um, without being in a corporation where we have overhead. So. We did take advantage of that. I've been working with the team to help develop a website so that our community can hone in on everything that we're doing here. They know what's going on at all times. We'll have our calendar on there. They'll be able to see the menus. They'll be able to see blackout dates if they want to book a wedding, a birthday party, or, you know, whatever. We're talking about how light rail is impacting the surrounding community. And, you know, 2024, when this extension opens, it might seem like a long way off. But 
It's going to be here sooner than we think. So have you thought about what it will be like when the extension actually opens and how it's going to impact your business? I am hoping that it will bring more people. We are in a great location. We're already located off the I-17. We already have great access and people like that. But I think it will also give more access to those that may not have a vehicle or they want to come and enjoy a night but not want to drive home. So I think and I'm hoping that it brings us more business to the area and more business, you know, to the other surrounding restaurants that are in the area as well. Great. Is there anything else you want to say about Javaris's Kitchen, about your business? I do want to say that I am striving to be a beacon in the community, to be uh, a place where the community will feel safe, have a good time, and provide diversity within the business um, with the events that we have. We have drag shows, comedy shows, vendors market, paint and sip. Um, we host birthday parties, weddings, quinceaneras, bar mitzvahs. I want to be that epicenter uh, where if you come to an event, you may meet someone that may not look like you, that may not have the same religious background as you, uh, or even, you know, your, your financial gap. You may meet somebody that's very wealthy, you know, or some other entrepreneurs that can teach you. So that's what I envision this place to be by providing those programs. And I say bridge the gap between the communities from the farm to the table, because growing up, we came together around the table. And that's how we got to know each other with food. We broke bread with each other. And that was my idea on a larger scale in here to provide those programs. And I, all, my kitchen is always open. Purchase food, sit down at a community table, and meet somebody new. And so we've had a lot of success, um, especially with our vendors market, they've become like a family. So I strive to teach them to support each other. Uh, if we don't have traffic, buy a, a, a pin from someone or purchase a hat from this vendor, circulate the dollar between the small businesses so that we can stay strong and stay afloat. And that's my vision for Metro area. Awesome. So if we want to learn more, please tell us your website, social media handles. Where can we get more information? Okay, you can go to www.jamariskitchen.com. And we are on Facebook, TikTok, that's new, Twitter, and Instagram. And uh, Instagram is a little different because it's Jamaris Kitchen LLC. But that's where you can find us. We are constantly posting, constantly updating our events. Oh, and you can locate us on Google as well and Yelp. So we're, we kind of have a big reach uh, out there in social media land. Maddie, Chef Jam is doing so much in the community. And I'm so excited. There's tons of events that I want to go to now that he's promoting and giving back to the community. And farm to table, just meeting people, that's a huge element, especially coming out of this pandemic. Absolutely. I know. I think all of us are really excited to start being with other people again, socializing, celebrating together. And it's also really interesting to see that he's um, up in the Metro Center area, which we think of as a 
an area that's really ripe for development. And we're so excited to see all of the new great businesses that are going to join him in that area once the extension opens or even while it's under construction now. He also has lots of love for light rail. Coming from a giant city like Chicago where everyone uses transit, he is just stoked about transit in the Valley. And obviously we are too. But we also had the benefit of talking with someone who has a little bit of hindsight on this experience. So Brittany, who did you talk with? I got to speak with Shannon McBride. She's in charge of 19 North. This is a community that came up through Northwest Phase 1. Okay, hold on. Just for some context, if you're not familiar with all of our terms, the Northwest Extension Phase 1 went under construction in January of 2013, and then it opened in March of 2016. It's a 3.2-mile extension that took light rail from what was then the end of the line at 19th Avenue in Montebello up to the current end of the line at 19th Avenue in Dunlap. Okay, now we can move on. Shannon's going to take us through exactly what it was like starting with construction, how they worked with community members, and really created a community in itself around 19 North and what it's flourishing like now. My name is Shannon McBride, and I'm the executive director of 19 North. And my connection to light rail is we are partners for building a stronger, healthier community. So Shannon, construction is obviously one of the most difficult parts when starting to build light rail and extension. So what was that experience as you went through construction through the 19 North community? In the very beginning, there was just so many unknowns because our community had not experienced light rail before. So the construction the whole thing was just new to us. And there was a lot of fear, I would say. I would say most of the things that I was hearing from both the organization I was working in and the surrounding community is fear that the community wouldn't be considered, that it would disrupt or harm our community in some way, that there'd be some devastating effect from construction that we couldn't recover from. And obviously, we know that's not true. I know. Because here we are thriving now yeah. after construction. So what what have you seen since obviously there were fears? What kind of alleviated those? And what have you seen post opening of the Northwest Phase 1 extension? I liken the light rail experience to an old children's story that I really love. And it's, it's called Stone Soup. And very, very briefly, the story goes where these soldiers are coming into the small town and the town is very, very concerned and scared and they don't know what the, so they close their windows and their doors and they all hide, just feeling frightened. And as the soldiers come into the town, um, they're hungry, but there's no one around. Everybody's gone. So one of the soldiers says, I'm, I want to make stone soup. And we're just kind of curious, what is this stone soup and what is that about? And so he said, okay, all I need is a, a pot to put this stone in. And somebody bravely says, well, I have a pot for you to put the stone in and great. Okay. Now we need is onions. Somebody else says, well, I've got onions. Great. I now need is carrots. And this goes on until this incredible pot of delicious stew is made better than any one family could have made because it's got the ingredients of the entire community in it. And you think that's a great story. But then the, the next page is they, you turn the page and the soldiers are leaving the town, but the community is still out and they've got their musicians and their tables and their chairs and they're experiencing community, something that changes them forever, that they will never go back to the old way. And I think that's what light rail is, is we're a little bit concerned what's going to happen, but then we it actually brings us together and changes us for the better. When the project's done and the light rail is moving, we are still out functioning as a healthier, stronger community together. 
And that's really what public transit is, Shannon, is to bring people together and give them an experience that they may not have inside a car, creating those friendships, those memories, those relationships, while also providing a necessary service for everyone. You bring up a good point. I feel like I will say this. I believe as humans, we were designed for community. We were designed, we're, we're meant to be in relationship with one another in some way, to be known, to be loved, to be cared for. And you're absolutely right that the experience itself, just even being in the light rail, starts putting us in an environment where we can have that, where we can't have eye contact or, or give a nod or actually begin relationships because we're sitting next to somebody every day going back and forth to work. And, and absolutely, that's a really amazing aspect of what light rail brings. We're having Valley Metro, the construction company, City of Phoenix, literally show up at, at our door, literally, and say, hi, you know, we're the people that are going to be in the area. We just wanted to know you and meet you. And from that point forward, there really was a relationship formed. And I think that was the pleasant surprise for all of us. We didn't expect that kind of sincere care. And no matter what was going on in the construction process, they were available to us by phone, by email, by stopping by in person. So it wasn't a them and an us. We very quickly became, oh, we're in this together, and they really do care about us. And that, that began to change everything. It began to change perception, conversation, all of it. What were you most excited about when Northwest Phase 1 was finished and complete, and they said, we're starting service? One of the big things was all the public art. The light rail project brings beautiful art to the area. Not only is that great to see and experience, but that also affects the safety of the area. It looks clean and well-kept and people want to be out and looking at this art. So it puts people on the street and eyes on the street to keep us safe. So art was a big part of it. Another thing that I am grateful for because of the light rail is the diversity that it brings into the area in cultures, in income, in backgrounds, in experience, in passion, in art, in everything. And light rail helps to bring that. It allows us to bring in a beautiful array of people and backgrounds and that makes us stronger as a community. Now that the light rail has been open for, it's over five years now for Northwest Phase 1, what have you guys done in the community to use light rail, to utilize it, and obviously to keep building your community? So in those early stages, there were a lot of people that were concerned about what this is going to mean to us. And so 19 North was formed really out of those concerns and trying to say, let's change the conversation from fears and concerns and unknowns to how can we take advantage of this opportunity? And what do we want for our community when this light rail is completed? So what happened was police, neighborhood groups, schools, faith, other nonprofits, city offices, Valley Metro, the construction company, we were all sitting around the same table and saying, let's put a vision together of what we want. And we learned a lot about just the area as a whole, which the area was the Montebello to Dunlap, 15th to 23rd, which the light rail was already working with. And we began building relationships with each other. And it really began to create excitement for what we could do and what was coming. And out of that was birthed a beautiful vision for the area that has since become the transit-oriented development plan for 19 North that was adopted into the city of Phoenix General Plans. So our vision now for what we as a community wanted for the future is now you know, shared by the city of Phoenix and in their planning. So I've always said to people that 
you know, we have to start with vision of what do we want and then put the right players around the table, which we have, and then just start moving forward. And that's what we're doing. And when you look around the area now, I think everyone would say it, it looks, it looks better. It looks cleaner, safer, crisp. We have public art. It's, we've got new businesses. We've got new development. It's just been an ongoing improvement process that is really in some ways just beginning. There's more and more good stuff ahead for us. Obviously, you've seen some of the benefits that have come from light rail. And like you said, it's an ongoing process. So can you kind of tell us what some of those either businesses that are coming, community events, and also what do we have to look forward to in the future? It was fun to work with Valley Metro. We still are keeping track of the millions and millions of dollars that have come in in new development. Exciting to see. And it was exciting to be part of those conversations, not just to have it happen to us as a community, but to say, let's do this together. And when a new development comes in, let's get to know who they are and talk about their what their product is that they're bringing in and even have a voice in what it might look like or how it might benefit the community. That's exciting. And besides the millions and millions of dollars, what's been fun is having developers, investors call me and get excited about the area with us. The, just the location near light rail, they get the benefit of it. They're seeing this positive synergy happening in the area. And so now developers actually call and are partnering with us and bringing even more and more developers and partners into the area, which is so fun. We've been able to partner with the city of Phoenix and do a marketing plan for promoting the businesses in the area. We've worked with Valley Metro to do many events in the area that bring community together. And that's part of making an area safer, actually, is being out together, being out and knowing each other and caring about each other. So, so many positive things have happened since the beginning of the story. So as you've seen 19 North continue to grow and develop, you also know a little bit about Northwest Phase 2 and what's coming with that experience that's supposed to open in 2024. Can you give us some insight into that? I am so excited. I feel like, you know, the Phase 1, I got to learn so much. It was my learning curve, and I'm still learning. But to be very involved with Phase 2 and to anticipate all the great that's coming, it's like I feel like we're even ahead of the game. Like we've already partnered with the community. We're calling it the Metro District, and we're already talking about how can we proactively look at public safety in the area and making the area really readying the community for this incredible light rail structure bridge that's going to be coming into the area. So when that's finished, we as a community want to be ready for it and be able to have businesses excited again and community excited again and anticipating it. Yeah, we are all about connecting communities and enhancing lives. And I think that you know, Northwest phase one, like you said, there was some learning that happened. And now heading into Northwest phase two, you're still using those lessons learned to continue to build and make something even better along this alignment. So what are some challenges that you saw from Northwest phase one that you're now applying to do better for Northwest phase two? It was really apparent how important public safety is to the surrounding community, to all of us, to all of us. We all want to feel safe where we live, work, and play. So what we learned is that we can start really early taking a look at what are the factors that are contributing to the safety of an area and partnering with police, partnering with businesses, partnering with Valley Metro to right now implement things that deter crime from the area and also meet needs in our community. And that whole process started much later in phase one 
on phase two, we're starting it right now when they're just barely getting started with the construction outside the window. So that's a great get for all of us because we're just going to be that much more ahead of it, uh, of any concerns or problems, and, and really bring the community along with us on this story of enhancing the community through the light rail. What are you now excited about with Northwest Phase 2? I'm excited to take everything that we've learned about collaborating together, about healthy conversations and, and leading with vision and doing it better, faster, more in the area of what we're calling now the Metro District. And just learning from our experiences and now doing it again even better as we move along the light rail construction. If you like what you're hearing and want more, you should head over to our Spotify account. We're posting playlists all the time with cool music from local Arizona bands or things that fit the themes of transit and transportation. Head over to Spotify and search for Valley Metro or click the link in our show notes to keep listening with us. Did you know that Valley Metro launched an all-new app this summer? With the new Valley Metro app, navigating your way across the valley is easier than ever. The Valley Metro app allows you to track your bus and light rail in real time. You can plan your trips, save your favorite stops, and see rider alerts all in one place. Everything you need to know about Valley Metro in the palm of your hand. The app is available for Android and iPhone. Get it now in the Google Play and Apple App Stores. More information at valleymetro.org slash app. Have your fare ready and say hello to your operator. Valley Metro is going back to front door boarding beginning October 11th. Passengers will use the front door for boarding and the rear doors for exiting. Wow, I really learned a lot from that interview with Shannon. I think what really struck me was how the light rail construction was kind of a catalyst that brought people together in this area. Um, And then to see now, you know, five years on from when it's opened, how much that community has achieved and how they have these really big plans for the future. That's really exciting. She also got to take lessons learned from Northwest Phase 1 and is now applying them to community building and moving forward with Northwest Phase 2. So it's really impressive to see how much they're doing in the community and they're already ahead of the curve. And so getting to see this thriving community already, I'm so excited for what we have in the future. Something Shannon said really stuck out to me, and that was when she talked about public safety and crime prevention. You know, it's interesting to see how this community really rallied around the light rail and how they were able to bring so many different groups to the table to think about safety in a new way. The fact that she mentioned public art as a deterrent was really interesting, too. You know, that's probably not the first thing people think of when they think either art or safety. But it's just kind of one of those surprising ways that these things can work hand in hand to accomplish a goal that we all have. So that was really fun to take a look back at what happened a few years ago. But we also want to make sure as you're getting to know us, we give you a glimpse of what's happening right now with Valley Metro. Maddie, I've seen new green vehicles traveling through Tempe. What's that all about? It sounds like you've been seeing the Tempe streetcar vehicles. So the Tempe streetcar project has been under construction for a couple years now, and the vehicles have just headed out for testing. That's so exciting. A brand new mode of transportation, creating more options for people to travel in and through Tempe. When are people going to be able to hop on Tempe streetcar? And what's the difference between a streetcar and a light rail? Okay, there's a couple big differences between streetcar and light rail. First, the streetcar vehicle is a little bit smaller than a light rail train. 
And they also travel independently, whereas we usually see a light rail train that has two or three cars linked together. The streetcar just has one vehicle traveling through the route by itself. Another big difference is that the streetcar actually shares the road with other vehicles. So if you're driving your car, you might be driving in front of or behind it. If you're riding your bike, you might be biking right next to it. Whereas the light rail, as we know, travels on its own specific guideway that we do not ever drive on. So true, Maddie. So if you're in Tempe and you see those streetcars, keep a lookout because, you know, obviously they're sharing the road with you. We're still going to be waiting a while, though, before we can hop on. So what's taking so long? Well, there actually are 17 different tests that the streetcar vehicle has to go through on the system before we can open for operations. Whoa. But for more of that, let's take it to one of our experts. My name is Mark Germanowski, and I'm the safety certification manager for the Tempe Streetcar Project and the Northwest Extension 2 Project for Valley Metro. So we've seen the streetcar already out on the alignment doing some testing. What are all these different tests that you're looking for? That's a good question. So the FDA, what they require, the Federal Transit Administration, they what they require is when you build something and you want to run the public on it, even there's a lot of different types of testing, but you have testing during a construction, you know, where they actually test components, the factory tests, there's design tests, there's field tests by the contractor. And then eventually what we do is it's an integration test. So it takes all those components and we make sure they're all talking to each other and that they are integrated so that they're safe for the public's use. We do safe braking, making sure that the streetcar can stop adequately before it passes any signals, that kind of thing. We do a street traffic, make sure that the streetcar and the signals that are with the vehicle traffic are in the bar signals and the signals for the streetcar are coordinated and in sync so that we're not getting a go and the cars are getting go at the same time, indications, that kind of thing. So we make sure that that's working. Yeah, and it's kind of fun. I really enjoy it because this is where the rubber hits the road or the wheel hits the rail, whatever you want to say, but it's this is the fun part. Everything gets built and this is we're getting toward the end and seeing how everything works together. Ah, that makes so much sense. Keeping riders safe is obviously our number one priority. So Maddie, where can people find out more info and keep track of the progress? The best place to go is the project website, valleymetro.org slash Tempe Streetcar. But of course, you can always make sure to follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We're at Valley Metro on all three. And that's where we post the most recent news updates. Just like Tempe Streetcar, we're cruising right along making these podcast episodes. I know. We actually even managed to add in a couple interviews this time. (laughs) Pretty impressive. We're getting more sophisticated as we keep going. And we want to keep listeners with us. So if you have ideas or things you want to know about the agency, email us at podcast at bellymetro.org. For storylines, I'm Madeline. I'm Brittany. Thanks for riding with us. We'll meet you at the next stop. (laughs) 